This is Cinema Degeneration. <laughs> no. Why? why? Why is that funny? Look, look. You came to me to find out how guys like Mike and Chucky and Freddie do what they do, not why. Closing time. Star will be closing in 15 minutes. But the night crew still has work to do. Oh my god, we're gonna get in so much trouble. Because there's one last customer who isn't satisfied. No! This creep keeps calling you, he's driving us nuts. Leave me alone. He wants to slash their prices. <gasps> Who's there? He wants to cut their inventory. <laughs> You're crazy! In fact, he wants to chop until they all drop. I saw him kill Linda. And now he's turning their retail store. There's gonna be one more kill in here tonight. Into a wholesale slaughterhouse. Alrighty, folks, welcome once again to Cinema Degeneration's Single Serving Slasher Month. This is an all-new appreciation month, and we are well underway. We recorded two episodes today, and this is the episode two of the of the two of the two. <laughs> two of two. <laughs> Playing trains here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it, you can't tell at least one of us is is half out of their mind. But joining me this evening, or I should say this early afternoon, is my good friend Rebecca Reinhardt. How the hell are you? Right. I'm fully out of my mind. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just realized like repeating myself there like three times in a row. And I'm like, yep, that's gonna play off really uh, well. Who cares? <laughs> Whatever. But- you know, I'm just crazy about, about this show. Score. I know, I was going to say that. Cameron, <laughs> man. Stole your thunder. Stole yeah, your thunder. you did. Uh, well, in case you haven't noticed, folks, we are, like I said, we are well into single-serving slasher month. And all-new appreciation month where we celebrate slashers that never got another sequel. Maybe remakes or reboots, but no sequels. And if you can't tell, we are doing Intruder from 1989, starring the one, the only, Danny Hicks. And uh, Danny Hicks is no longer with us. We were really close with him here at the show and hung out with him a couple of times and got to trade some stories with him. Unfortunately, nothing about Intruder. I wish I had an Intruder story, but I don't. But uh, did you ever get to meet the the one Danny Hicks, Rebecca? I did not. Yeah. Oh, you missed out. He was yeah. a fun, fun individual. Uh, <laughs> hung out with uh, at a bar with him for a while, and it, it all of a sudden just occurred to me, like, I'm really like you know having drinks with like good old reliable Jake from Evil Dead Two, and it just kind of mm-hmm. dawned to me after like an hour, like this is <laughs> something I'm gonna tell my grandkids about if I ever have them, and. Right, and your grandkids are going to go, who, why, who's, who's, shut up. Who's Danny Hicks? Off. Yeah, yeah, tell us shut about up. the time you drank with Hank or whoever it was. Yeah. <laughs> but we're doing Intruder, and this is, a, you know, part of the, the you know, the, the the Sam Raimi, Scott Spiegel, you know, crew. And this is right after they did Evil Dead 2. came out in 1989. 
And we'll go, go ahead and get right off into the uh, IMDb synopsis. And then I got a couple of questions for you. All right. All right. With Intruder from 1989 is as follows. The overnight stock crew of a local supermarket find themselves being stalked and slashed by a mysterious maniac. And it's only as mysterious if it depends on which cover of the movie you're looking at and which poster you look at, because <laughs> some of them yeah. give that away. And I, I, I had a question about that. Like, why do you think there's a movie that you know, spends so much time, you know, trying to keep that a secret, you know, until two thirds of the way through, you don't really know who the killer is, at least, you know. I didn't the first time. Why do you think they like blatantly like put that out there on the covers? It just never made sense. Yeah, don't know. Yeah, I always thought that was weird. What I think is even kind of stranger is I did pick up the Synapse uh, Blu-ray of uh, the director's cut. And it actually doesn't give it away on the front. So somebody finally at least did that. But yeah, it's. Yeah, it's weird because, like, you see the cover, you know exactly who the killer is. And it's basically all of them. I mean, there's the one, the more modern one, where he's kind of standing there with a, a cleaver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got, yeah, like, a chopped-up arm and a Yeah, I mean, he's just crazy about head. this store, you know. I mean, but, like, I think the old ones, too, from what I can see, basically every version of it has given away who the killer is. And the killer is not an intruder, no, not an intruder. That that also uh, kind of bothers me. You know, the, the only thing that bothers me about this movie really uh, is the, the publicity and advertising. Like, otherwise, the movie yeah. itself is great, but, man, they don't, they, yeah, they don't do a great job. Right, because we've got, we've got two things we've already mentioned. So, one, the name is a misnomer. It says, on IMDb, it, was, it says that it was originally entitled The Night Crew, which makes more sense. But, you oh, know, totally. distributors thought, you know, give it a generic one-word title. And, you know, even, but even if it's like, okay, a one-word, how about like, I don't know, there's got to be something else. Like Cleaver. or Stalker. Something. Yeah, know. like Intruder, does, it doesn't even work at all. They give if it was a home away. invasion movie, maybe, yeah, you know, like, that would make sense, but it's not. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's just better titles for it than <laughs> the poster gives everything away. But then third is also a marketing thing that if you don't know anything about this movie, you know that uh, Danny Hicks is the killer and you think that Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell star in the movie because <laughs> they give bruce campbell top billing on the front of yes. everything and he's and yes. it like less than the guy from the three stooges that, that uh uh emil sitka that plays mr abernathy mr old you know hold hands you love birds like he's in it less than him and that's a yeah cameo. i mean <laughs> but you know what the three things put together though i will say that um you know i saw this movie you know when i was younger um, but our good friend, Charlie Hours, who is a very, he was, uh, you know, primo cinephile or whatever. He's like, we were talking about this and how ridiculous all that is. And he's like, you know, I had never watched this movie. And he's like, and I watched it only because it said the Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi were in it. He's like, I was confused, but I'm glad that they did that. Cause I never would have watched that movie and it was great. Wow. So, I mean, you know, so they played through the their good, strengths, I guess. Take the good, take the bad, you know, whatever. Take them both and what do you have? You have the intruder. Intruder. It doesn't really rhyme. <laughs> no, no. But uh, th this was directed by and written by Scott Spiegel, and it has his, like, visionary, like, kooky visionary style all over it. It's got some of those wacky Sam Raimi-type shots that him and both Scott and, you know, Sam were both known for. And this was written by, also, by one Lawrence Bender, who plays one of the two cops that comes in at the end, him and Bruce. You know, the, you know Lawrence Bender was a producer for Miramax. He produced a lot of uh, the early Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino stuff. So it has a kind of a, an all-star royalty be beginning, at least. And it even has one of the uh, Estevez's, mm -hmm. <laughs> or a.k.a. Sheen, for those of you who aren't in the know. But uh, Renee Estevez, who is also in one of our favorites. Uh, Sleepaway Sleep Camp. Camp 2. Yeah. And this was all, all came out within about the same year as, as uh, Sleepaway Camp 2, if memory serves. So, you know, she was uh, getting... She had a being, nice year. 
Yeah, she had a good year being a, well, I was going to say being a final girl, but she ain't much of a final yeah. girl in this one. Yeah. Because when it comes to the Walnut Lake Market, as it's called, uh, she plays Linda and our main character. Uh, played by Elizabeth Cox, Jennifer Ross is is the main character, but her friend Linda is almost like in a lot of the, uh, you know, the promo stuff. It's kind of pushed that she's like one of the final girls, but she's the first one to get, you know, offed, which I also feel is really kind of strange. Well, and that might have to do with, so looking at Renee Estevez, yes, this was Intruder was 1989. However, the year before was Sleepaway Camp 2 and Heather's. And so I'm wondering if they were like, oh, people know her because of Heathers. So uh, let's yeah. let's pump her up. Because, yeah, they make her look like she's going to be the final girl on the original, uh, the backs of the original movie. So, yeah. So they're just, you know, they're all about misdirection the whole way. So maybe they were thinking, hey, people are going to see the cover and they're going to be like, nah, there's no way he's the killer. Because all they're trying to do is misdirect us all the way around. <laughs> right. Oh, God. You know, the first time I watched this, I felt like, what the fuck is going on? You know, we don't have to cover this in a linear fashion. But, you know, what, like, the whole time they're trying to push the fact that the, the ex-boyfriend, Craig, played by David Burns, is the killer. It's just like, no, I know a red herring when I see one. But is this also yeah. the first time I remember thinking myself... Until the big reveal that Danny, you know, is Bill Roberts is is indeed the killer. <laughs> it's just like, uh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he is the most obvious red herring ever, but I mean, he's still he may not be the killer, but he's still a complete jackass. Oh, he's a complete he piece of shit. A, yeah, he's a piece of shit. So it's like, I mean, it doesn't matter if he's the killer or not. Like, I mean. I, I yeah. wasn't like I was like, ooh, yay. Oh, hey, look, you know, turning it around at the end. He's kind of the hero. Like, no, he's oh. jackass. He's just a secondary bad guy. You know, once you, it's like once you defeat yeah. Danny, the main boss, you know, you still got to contend with him. <laughs> you know, he's like a sub-boss. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, and but, so so yeah, this is very nonlinear uh, going towards the end. If this were any other movie, the killer's motive Anyone would say it's crappy, lazy writing, but for this, it works. So yeah, so the, the grocery store, he's gonna have to sell the grocery store. He is, his hands are tied because he's the minority shareholder. Yeah, he owns, um, what does he say, 49? Yeah, 49%. So, okay, so he kills the other guy. And so he he's telling, you know, the, the whole James Bond villain speech, he's telling uh, Jennifer, about that well so i had to kill him okay she asks so why did you kill the entire night crew i don't know i guess i just got a little carried away <laughs> <laughs> like in, in any other movie that explanation would not work that oh, explanation right, would right. not like, fly we would be like what bullshit if i watched a movie right now and that was the end of it i would just turn it off and be like uh -uh, half star yeah. yeah, but this movie is so wacky. Now, like, I know what I'm getting into when I watch this movie. You know, mm -hmm. if you have certain expectations, you get into a certain movie, you want to see seriousness, you know, you, you don't want it, your your shit to be wacky. But this is, like, wacky from the fucking word go. Yeah. You know? And it's fun, wacky. It's like, so I, fun. If you take away Craig uh, in some of the situations or whatever, I am actually, I am a huge fan of... Uh, Stores after hours horror movies. So like Hide and Go Shriek, Initiation, Chopping Mall. Like I love Chopping anything. Mall, good one, yeah. Yeah, I love any of these things where people are after hours hanging out in a store or something. Um, and this one is like there's a good camaraderie between the people. And the only thing I don't get though is I I probably would have just been like, ah, fuck y'all. I'm going to go walk outside and, you know, go rage or something, you know, because I just lost my job. But apparently they yeah. all really need their jobs. I mean, it's surprising <laughs> there wasn't at least one person who just said, well, fuck you. I'm walking out. 
Yeah, that does the big storming out, that does the fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're all right, and I'm gone. (laughs) Whatever, I'm going to the 7-Eleven and getting me a new job. (laughs) If that's that's one of your pet peeves, I'll have to give one of mine. And I literally wrote this down, pet peeve number one, people who don't return their fucking shopping carts. (laughs) Just the, the way they're spread out across the, like, the parking lot, you could tell whoever... Had spread them had like you know had really worked for a grocery store before because it's uh-huh. like that's how assholes are they don't uh-huh. do that and so the scene where uh, uh, Renee Estevez is gathering them I'm like oh what a shitty job like mm-hmm. <laughs> what a shitty shitty job it's like nighttime you've been working for a while you're gonna be working the rest of the night you know yeah. like right uh, right <laughs> anyway but yeah these yeah. people should be a lot more worried that they're you know not you know, going to have a job. They're just like, oh, we're going to mark everything down 50% and sell out off or close by the end of the month. Even Danny, right. when he's talking, you know, when his character Bill is talking to the character Danny, the play by, uh, uh, I think it was Eugene Glazer was his name. I didn't write it down, but I seem to remember that. Might be wrong. But anyway, when he's talking to the, the 51% shareholder, he's just like, kind of like, oh, come on, man. You know, we don't need to sell the store. He should be a lot more for somebody who decides to start committing murder, he should have been a little bit more outwardly, you know, yeah, angry. yeah, but nope, they're not. But uh, we do get a lot in this movie. I will say one thing: we get a lot more of Sam Raimi than I would would have thought for the time being. Like I remember watching this, you know, the, just uh, back in the day. I didn't remember him being in it as much. So now knowing that he's directing things like the Spider-Man trilogy and, you know, uh, Doctor Strange and things like that, is just like, yep, here he is, is just Randy the deli meat guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's just great. And I love the the little nuances is what sells this movie to me. You know, like the the hand inside the lobster tank. You know, the 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 obvious, you know, silhouette of Danny hiding behind the, the their cardboard compactor, you know, or the, the eyeball in the jar of olives, like little things that have no no reason to be in the movie. But like for a Scott Spiegel flick, it makes total sense. Right. But <laughs> I think we do need to mention it also. Uh, we get Ted Raimi in here. Gratuitous. Yeah. I always call it gratuitous Ted Raimi as produce yeah. Joe. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> just produce joe <laughs> and i have to say the same thing for produce joe that i'll say for everybody for the different characters randy dave bub all of them even uh you know jennifer and, and linda they don't get a whole lot of work done they, they seem to me like a group of kids that are just like i think that's why they're not taking it too serious that they're losing their jobs because they, they're not really that uh, committed to them in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I think they worked harder than I would in that situation. And especially, like, the very beginning of the night shift, you know, and all you're going to be doing is just, you know, using that stupid sticker gun all night. Uh, I've, yeah. I've run those. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's probably a pretty relaxed uh, pace. Most of the time, but uh, you know, yeah, they're and they are all kids. I mean, they hire strictly people between the ages of like 22 and 24 at this grocery store, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very specific. Yeah the, yeah, the two guys in charge are both about 40, 45, and everybody else is like 20, 25. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very specific age bracket. Yeah, it's like and, everybody who graduated high school and didn't get out of town goes to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> As, as is with life most of the time. Uh-huh. Uh, I love the one part, though, when they're, uh, when Produce Joe has got his uh, headphones on, on and he's the only person that w- wasn't there for the meeting to get told that, you know, mm-hmm. they're just like, hey, Joe, lost your job. And he's just like, kind of nods and just like, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to that stupid song the whole time. Just that the, the musical, si- yeah. The same fucking song. I don't know what it was, but Jesus, he he played. He must have had it on the loop. It must have been a single that just played on repeat. Yeah. But um, I gotta ask, do you have a favorite kill or just a, a general favorite scene in this movie? Um, you know, uh, in what's funny is you know I watched this the uncut version, which has a lot of 
uh, a lot of extended kills. Um, I don't think I saw it before. And now I can't remember what parts were not in <laughs> the, uh, the cut version. Uh, right, but right. I think I think my favorite probably always has been just because it's very cringeworthy is just that I, I don't know what you call it, like the the deli meat saw through the head or the head. I'm sorry, the head across the deli meat saw, whatever that thing is called. Yeah, yeah. The, um, it's like a bandsaw almost, but it's, yeah, it's like a deli saw. Yeah, I don't know I the type like of something. It must be something for like big hunks of beef or something. I don't know. Um, it was for Sam Raimi was hanging around by the hook on his head. Yeah, that's that's a nice one too, uh, but I I really appreciate uh, it's obviously a prosthetic head. I mean, and you know when you start watching, this is one of my like kind of not complaints, but I, it is one of my things about being an '80s horror fan is it kind of sucks sometimes whenever you get like 4K restoration, blah blah blah, and it's like oh that looks like shit, <laughs> you know? Like I mean, there's you know, a reason why we didn't go to that kind of resolution back in the day. Right, they didn't know that, you know, people were going to have 60-inch TVs and, like, freaking high definition, you know, that, um, back whenever they made the movies. Um, but I think that one did the best job, too, of, like, you still felt, like, I mean, as you're watching the blade go through it, you still feel like the person is really going through it. You know, like, the trash compactor, uh, this, I, I don't think they show the head smush as much in the uh, cut version. Um, no, it's very brief in the cut version. Right, and that and that one does not work very well. Um, I, you know what I didn't do, and because I just watched this last night, I should have watched. It looks like they've got the work print of uh, the extended scenes. That's what I should have watched. Oh, well, you, you still can. You still can. Yeah, I was not, going to. I, I, you know what? <laughs> I had every intention of doing it when I got home, and well. You know, life happens. So things but, happen. Um, yeah, life yeah, uh, happens sometimes. But no, as far as the kill goes, that one. But in general, the thing that makes me come back to this movie is 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 the atmosphere, the ambiance. The uh, it's dark and and very isolated outside. There's nothing around. You know, everything's locked up. And they're inside what seems to be their safe environment. It's bright. They work there. They know, you know, they all know each other. They all feel very safe there. And I, there's something about like that, just that whole dynamic that I really love in movies, you know, the kind of the cabin in the woods type thing. Um, yes, yes. But there's just something about the ambiance of like the grocery store that I love. Now, I will say one thing though. Uh, or I'll ask you a question because I was okay. not able to find this out and you know everything. So <laughs> I try. Uh, I try. <laughs> so what they say, like I did watch a little bit of the commentary. Basically, this was in a closed down grocery store. So they had a full grocery store, but they didn't have any groceries. And so they ended up getting like a bunch of uh, scratch and dents <laughs> stuff, like a couple like truck loads of like, you know, uh, dented cereal boxes and stuff like that, so that they could. I had stop heard the that store. somewhere. I'd never listened to the uh, the commentary, but I had. You know what? You know what's funny is that it was one of the things I always used to laugh about. I was just to be like, man, the cereal seen like better days, and then just find <laughs> right. that out, you know, because most of them you can tell like that everything's a little bit askew. <laughs> um, but you walk through that store and. You are looking at every Kellogg cereal. You're looking at displays of Pepsi TV guide. I mean, it is just like hundreds and hundreds of trademarked things. How did they get around that? I wonder. You know, I wish I had an. Uh, I know you're you're asking, but I wish I had a question. Or not a question. I wish I had an answer. I don't yeah, know how they like, got around with that because. I mean, they don't do that anymore. You can't just have 87 different, you know, trademark, well, you know, logos like Kellogg's and Jiffy Pop. Right. Just, you know, if you have one or two, you could be like, ah, somebody knew somebody, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, they just blatantly are like Aunt Jemima and, you know, Frosted Mini Wheats and, and I mean, Diet Pepsi and Diet Pepsi is like, yeah, it's like 
right there the whole freaking time. She even, uh, Renee Estevez, or, or I think it's actually Jennifer, knocks over their display and shit. Like, yeah, it, it seems really weird that, I mean, if this was a really super low-budget independent movie, maybe, but I mean, it seemed to have, you know, pretty decent distribution, so... Yeah, I think I read that the budget was like 120, 130,000. So that's, you know, I mean, pretty uh, sizable for, you know, an indie film. And I don't know how they got past it. I mean, w- w- maybe the laws yeah. changed sometime in the, you know, in 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 that era of being able to show me cuz nowadays you can't even show like, you know, Instagram or like a, a Facebook logo. You have yeah. to make up something. Yeah, that like it can't be YouTube. It's got to be, you know, DudeTube or something like that. Yeah, like I'm even right now I'm on IMDb and I'm the trailer is just like playing on loop. We had like okay, we went from Oreos, now we got cornflakes, Wonder Bread. I mean, it's just it's a straight it's just a straight like, string of advertisements. <laughs> it's so weird. Maybe they just never gave a damn and nobody's ever called them out on it until now. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's probably not it, but. <laughs> nah, probably not, but. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know how they got away with that. I'd like to find out what, like, the. Yeah, if any of you know, let us know and we'll do the research as well. Because, yes. yeah. You can contact us on the Facebook page or anywhere else that you can uh, want to contact us. And please, maybe if you got some insight to this, let us know how they can blatantly show, you know, Tide detergent, Kellogg's, and Diet Pepsi, and tricks, and because that's something I got to m- mention too. I'm watching the trailer playing on loop now too on IMDb while we're talking. Every single shelf in this store seemed to be have cereal on it. Why is it every oh, yeah. aisle seemed to have a cereal shelf? Shelf. And I and I would guess it's because of that. They said they they had like two uh, like semi trucks full of that stuff. They just paid to just get like these two semi trucks full of stuff. But if you think about it in a grocery store, what's going to get damaged probably the most is probably cereal. Right. But yeah. it also was the eighties, and you know the cereal aisle used to be a a magical wonderland. You know, back in that back in those days. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, when you get some Mr. Uh, T cereal, some Pac-Man cereal, or whatever was the flavor of the month. And whatever uh, shitty toy was in the bottom, and you put your dirty, grubby little hands through the entire box of cereal to get the crappy toy. Yeah, uh, those were the days. Uh, yeah. I, would not, I would not take back being a child in the 80s for anything. <laughs> no, you know, I often say that I feel like I was born 15 years, uh, you know, too late, but I don't know that I'd want to change. You know, yeah. when I was born, it was just a, a magical era. But, uh, yep. but to answer uh, my own, to answer my own question of favorite scenes, I think that's I that's what I was going to ask you. <laughs> I gotta bring up. Uh, I love Danny Hicks telling the the hamburger story. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so funny. It's it's so goof goofball and just you know obvious him telling a yarn, but like when it comes back full circle of him telling the story at the end. When he's talking, you know, about the the I think it was a paramedic, right? You know, where he's like, I got he had yeah. a hamburger that he was eating in one hand, and he had you know the severed head swinging by the hair in the other, and then at the end, Danny is doing just that. He's eating his yes. sandwich, and oh, it's just it's it, I loved Danny. I mean, as an actor and as a person, I loved him so, uh, especially when you. Uh, you know, suggested doing this one off the off the list. I was just like, good, somebody picked it because I was going to have to get on somebody's ass if they didn't pick this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and because, it was the first one that I said. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, just love love the, the the hamburger story. Both times it's being told when he's so, telling it, like you know, he's telling it like manager style with his foot up on the table, resting his elbow on his on his knee, and just like telling this grandiose story. It's fucking great. Yeah, and it's, it just, it really sets it up that, like, he's the one who is, well, generally, yeah. usually more grounded down to earth and hangs out with the workers, you know, while the other dude is just upstairs with his adding machine. Well, at the but, one uh, point when the girl hits the panic button, I can't remember if it's Linda or Jennifer that hits the panic button, uh-huh. the 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 big bigger shareholder that uh, the big boss is just like oh forget about him he's like well can I at least check on the girls and make sure they're all right and he's kind of like oh okay well you know I'm crunching numbers here who cares there's literally somebody downstairs accosting one of your cashiers but hey whatever so um, 
So with a, a head lion sandwich and the other thing apparently came from raising Arizona. But when I hear that, I think a blood diner um, where at the beginning, the uncle is a, the mad uncle is like uh, on the loose. And mm-hmm. <laughs> the news report says he has his genitalia in one hand, a meat cleaver in the other. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it Which reminds paints me a of. a very strange picture, doesn't it? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And I, I got a question here, and maybe it's just me being nitpicky, but did you feel that uh, the Bub character had a very, very weird accent? Like, I um, just felt like his accent was off. Like, I, I don't know what that, uh, I think his name is Burr Steers that plays Bub, th- that was what he was going for. But it was just like, it made me laugh every time. I, I, I just didn't yeah. get his accent. You know, I honestly, it obviously didn't stri- strike with me because I don't even really know what you're talking about. So but oh, then okay. again, I, I got that Midwestern twang. So yeah, yeah. I've spent years trying to get rid of my Midwestern twang. Now it's just turned into a Midwestern stutter. So uh, uh, yeah, yeah. What do you I do? Just, I just let it go eventually. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to be talking out my nose the rest of my life. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> You know, well, one time somebody said, you know, there was the, the atypical Midwestern phrase when people say ope all the time. And I'm like, I don't say ope. I, I've never said that. And then I started listening to myself as I'm talking. I'm like, I say it 10 times a day, every day, each day. <laughs> <laughs> I am guilty. But anyway, sorry. But yeah, this well, that's technically takes place in the sort of the Midwest, you know, I mean, well, it's Michigan supposed is- to be Michigan. And maybe maybe that was it. Maybe that guy was trying to, like, do sort of a Michigan type accent or something where he's like hey one of my friends used to you know was from michigan i could sound just like it yeah <laughs> right who it's knows like people that tried to do the boston accent eh? oh uh, yeah like me with, <laughs> with i mean my yeah my boyfriend is as boston as boston gets man he packs the car you know so every time <laughs> i try to mimic him i just sound like an idiot midwesterner trying to do a boston accent Oh, uh, yeah, that's why I don't even attempt it. I, 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 can't, I can't hold an accent. I can't. I he, just, can't even... he just walked in and flipped me off. <laughs> Park the car. Park the car. In the okay. yard. Uh, in the yard. Hi, Rob. That's right. <laughs> Cam says hi. Where were we? Oh, bad accent. Yeah, I mean, this movie just doesn't really, I just don't really have any fault with it. I actually even... They're minor quibbles at this point. They're minor, minor quibbles, really. And like most of the time when they do the thing where the person who is innocent is, you know, gets framed, a lot of times I'm not a fan of that. But in this one, I am because it's just so off the freaking wall. And it's just so goofy. You want, I mean, you almost want like Danny Hicks to get his store back. <laughs> yeah, you want, you, you kind of, in a weird way, want him to get away with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and the way it ends, you know, we'll get into fully how it ends here in a little bit. But like, you don't know that he doesn't completely get away with it 100%, you know? And, right. Because, uh, yeah, well, I don't want to ruin it quite yet. Because I got a, one thing I got to touch on, touch on was the, the now this is the character Danny played by Eugene Glazer, the, the big time shareholder, the guy that's selling the business. His death scene was a great touch. Yes. It's, some, it's almost very giallo like, like uh, when the yeah. the red calculator paper printing is this being blood soaked, the blood on the lights, shining everything yeah, and, red. So and then good. it's like sizzling on the light bulb. Like yeah. The sizzling on the light bulb that's a really nice little effect yeah there's a nice the i mean the 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 spiegel touch as i call it you know because he don't directed a few things really but he had that wacky style i keep calling it wacky because there's no there's no other way to describe it it's an insane kind of style like the point of view shots from you know behind glasses or behind bottles of booze the shots from inside a phone i mean things like that like shots that nobody else does and I miss that. And, and that is the wackiness that I, this because it makes this movie fun. That's what this movie is. And it's not to be taken too darn serious, even though there's a lot of serious death going on. Yeah. But it's like, you know, it's a true, I say this a lot, but it's a true beer and popcorn flick. 
it's yeah. just fun. You know, you're, you're meant to laugh. You're meant to have a good time because it's not the straight up horror movie. It's a, it's a damn good horror comedy. Yeah, and it is a good horror movie. I mean, it's got some really great kills, even if you do watch just the uncut version. Uh, or the, yeah, no, the cut version, sorry. Even um, the cut version is still pretty bloody. It's still yeah, it is. Good. I mean, and, like, I know that, like, for you were talking about the big boss's death. I mean, I know that was, like, there was probably more blood and everything, but it didn't really feel like it was any more, I don't know. Like, it didn't feel like it was any more, um, like, any, it, like, it, the cut version doesn't seem like it's missing something. It's yeah, not it, like, oh, God, we don't get to see Sandra and Jeff get the, you know, freaking the spear through them, you know, and then we right, get to see right. it. It's like, it's just a little bit of extra splatter and stuff, but you still get everything, I think. Yeah, I mean, like, with the compactor death, is still pretty yeah. graphic. You know, the, 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 the bandsaw, the deli meat saw death, it's still pretty damn graphic. For, you yeah. know? And this was back in 89 when they were cutting the balls off of every slasher movie that was coming out. I yeah. think a movie like this flew in under the radar while they like took movies like Friday the 13th, you know, I know a series near and dear to your heart and like literally castrated a couple of those movies, you know, gore wise. Well, if you think about it, 1989, that's like the, that's the tail end of the slasher craze. Like, I mean, it, they were dying in like 87, you know, so it might have just been like, oh, this one just kind of slipped in just because it was just right there at the tail end. They're like, ah, oh, we don't care about that shit anymore. It's all, you know, just fizzling out anyway. Yeah, they, so they there might have been like a little Hellraiser bit of that. coming out. They were just like, we got some right. other shit to fry here. Right. Yeah. Uh. Your your general slash and, you know, slash and dice kind of movie uh, just didn't have quite the punch, I think, by 89. Um, but, you know, what is his obsession with, with, killing people with their heads yeah i don't i don't know but i love it i, I know love it at the it, end when it, he's beating the it, shit yeah. out of craig with that severed head yeah <laughs> <laughs> and using the, the the fake uh not the fake head but the, you know the the severed head from um oh what the hell was it i i, I think it was it's I, I feel weird saying danny but danny's holding danny's head but bill is yeah. holding danny's head and he's like, somebody help me. And then yeah. he, uh, just a great fake out. It's just really a great fuck, fucking fake out. Yeah. Okay. That it, would be a, that would be a good one. Like the title for something about heads, you know, like head, mm, yeah. severed heads or, you know, I mean like that even would have made more sense than intruder. Anyway, you know, <laughs> if he was a cashier, sorry. they could have called him the head cashier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, Not, I don't think that has the same kind of ring. Head to it, manager, but I, it heads. You know, I mean, there's, there's, there's something there, but it doesn't matter because it's called intruder, and that's what we know it as, and that's what we love yeah. it as. Now, I got to ask one thing too. Another, this is going to be a weird off the wall question. Do you think that Stain knows anything about how many times they show his face in a close up <laughs> in this movie? <laughs> and even at one point, uh. Like it scares Jennifer. Like she thinks there's somebody standing there because they're stink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With this rock on face and he's painted up like Billy Idol. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, yeah. I know. It goes yeah, along yeah. with the, the whole the the trademark, you know, like the the you know the Tide detergent and the Rice Krispies and, the, and everything else. It's just like, well, did they have permission? Because I'm pretty sure they didn't. Yeah, like TV Guide, and then even when you go. Like, even when you go a little bit deeper, like the shows that are on the front of the TV guide and stuff, I mean, they really, yeah, I don't know, somebody, I don't know, somebody knew I, somebody or something. Yeah, I don't know. I wish I knew how they got away with that because I I, I have no idea. No idea. But anyway, anyway, uh, another gag that I got to mention that I love is the half off gag. When she falls oh, down like that yes. chute and ends up in the body as it's sticking <laughs> up and it says, as advertised, <laughs> half off. <laughs> yes, I love it. That's, half that, off. Half, half off, off would have been a good title for this. Do you know, there you go, half off heads. Oh. Yeah, or just <laughs> even like half off. Like, you know, it just, it, anyway. Mark down, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Mark down. Everything must go. I mean, there's just... <laughs> So many other things this could have been called. 
Yeah. Anyway, I'm getting off mis- my soap. It just seems misleading, right? It just seems misleading, but it, right know. because let's say let's say Craig was the killer. He wasn't an intruder. He like walked into the grocery store. So I mean, that's not really an intruder. He was a customer. So. <laughs> Very true. Very yeah, true. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. But but when we get to when we get towards the end of the movie here, because we're talking about the kills and everything, when when Bill, aka Danny, comes waltzing back in, he's got a strut, and it's like it's so apparent now that like before Jennifer finds out when she sees, and it's a great shot because she you know we're skipping around here back and forth, but she hooks him in the hand. She uses the meat hook to, and gets him in the hand, and when he's talking on the phone, he turns. As he, she's talking to her, the blood is actually leaking and dripping out of the hole in his hand, down his wrist, and his eyes just glance down to it, and he looks back up at her, and it's just that moment of clarity. Is just like, oh, you you figured it out, but you figured it out about five seconds too late. Yeah, like doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that that is pretty creepy too. I mean, that you know, glance. We know who, we know just, who it is, but again, if you put yourself in that situation where you think you've thwarted, like all these people are dead, you think you've thwarted this killer, and you're with, you know, somebody you trust implicitly, and then you see, and he's so blatant about it. I mean, he could have used his other hand to use the phone. Right, right. He decides to use it just in plain view, the hand that's mangled. <laughs> Yeah, and that, just the way he his eyes just glance down and he glances back up and he has that half a smirk before he just takes a run and leap at her. Yeah. Yeah, and as he says, you know, I'm just crazy about this store. And he did it all for the store and that, uh, you know, right. just... Which, okay, let's think about it. Like, what are the chances that a grocery store where the entire crew was murdered is going to turn around and be successful so you know i mean he's a little misguided here (laughs) yeah well he's also a little cray cray so you know yeah yeah, he's kind of went full-blown wackaloon so (laughs) you know yeah and and that's the way you can write off the whole thing too of him killing everybody else i mean because they're really like if you go back and watch it there is no reason (laughs) there's none they're all doing their job Nobody is like, you know, we don't have any of the stereotypical of someone's having sex or, you know, doing drugs, blah, blah, blah. It's, they're all just working. It's not like they're doing anything. At the most, one off. of them has a beer behind the, one of the, the closed doors. It's like the worst yeah. thing that anybody does. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, you, I think really, I mean, if you would try to justify it from Danny's point of view or from uh, the Bill Roberts point of view, is that he killed... His partner, he killed the Danny character to prevent this deal from happening. And after that, his mind just cracked. You know, yeah. mind, you know his age yeah, just cracked and broke. Yeah, that would be a good defense, I think. Yeah, like he was just like that. Oh, I got pushed over the edge. Well, now I got to kill everybody else so nobody knows. And Right. Otherwise, yeah. you know, and if people did smart things or did things that made sense in movies like this, the movies would be awfully fucking short. So, right, right. You know, hey, we got to we got to fill up an hour and a half hour, 45 minutes of entertainment here. Right. If you don't have dumbasses who throw box cutters across grocery stores, then you just don't have a movie. <laughs> yeah. With the That's blades the, out, no less. Yeah. Yeah. Even without. I'm just like, seriously, seriously, <laughs> you're throwing a box cutter. Oh yeah, my just God. walk it over. Just take the five seconds and walk it over. Well, and he's on the other side of the shelf, so he could theoretically. We we've already seen, you know, that they're like kind of hollow shelves. He could just stick his hand through the box of cornflakes yeah, and give it yeah. to him. But you know, whatever, and, whatever. And that damn pesky box of fucking detergent that keeps going over. I'm telling you, between that and the 
the the Sting magazine cover. We got you know uh-huh. all the ins- all the extra insert time between that. <laughs> well, and, and we know we know that now that the detergent just kept falling because the box was mangled. <laughs> yeah, that's why it probably is. did at one time, and then it just kept doing it. They're like, we're putting this in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That being said, I got I got to mention one other like uh, thing that probably goes along with those two semi loads of uh, mangled food that they got. Where did they get all the beer that had no labels on it? I've never seen so much beer that had like either just mm. a generic beer label or it looked like it didn't look like they were painted. They looked like like almost as if they had sandpapered the logos off which, all those cans, which is really, you know, I've never really like noticed that, I guess, in a sea full of, you know, labels and trademarks and shit. But doesn't that seem odd that they would cherry pick one thing? Be like, oh, but we can't show Heineken. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's exactly what I'm. They'll come break your knees, man. What? You know, if you show Bud Light, they're gonna fucking come and take out your kneecaps. But you know, Kellogg's is okay. Yeah, Adam, yeah. Don't get it, but we're not meant to get it. You know, I mean, it's when it's damaged goods, I guess. Uh, who knows what that stuff shows up like? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? But I, I will say one thing something that comes to the rescue here in uh, for Jennifer more than more than one time she thwarts uh Bill attacking her with like different household items but <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh while I'm saying this in the moment she is saved by a jar of fucking wheat germ yes yes <laughs> i know that's a weird weird hill to to to, to talk about but, <laughs> but it just, works it yeah, works. yeah, it works. Can you? I mean, I'm sure you can still buy wheat germ, but do you like? Did your mom ever have like a jar of that? Like that was a craze for a while. You put oh it yeah, in yeah. Cereal. I remember that being in in the house and like, oh, we're gonna make exact some yogurt. Brain. Yeah, I've seen that exact bottle in my in my yeah. cabinets at one time in my life. Yeah, uh, so it's like, a, I don't. I can't even tell you what wheat germ is. I. Don't think I want to know, but uh, I think it was the '80s version of nutritional yeast. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I think it might have been. Who it knows? was one. Of, it was one of the '80s uh, little. Uh, I was was gonna say exercise fads. No, uh, nutrition fads. You know, between oh, that exor- yogurt, like I said. Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, we get it. Also, kind of mention this. They do get. We do get a, a cameo by the director himself as the bread delivery yeah. guy. And he gets his throat slit. Mm-hmm. Ah, but yeah, not very, not very sh- long lived. Very short lived. But uh, right about this point is when we get the second head and sandwich bit coming back into play. It's kind of like a joke coming full circle. It's like I love it when a comedian starts off a set with a joke and then ends like the set with the same joke it felt very right but like not that kind of a but not like forced like no, it's like no. you're just like oh oh okay you know you're not expecting it to come back around and it does yeah callbacks are great whenever they're done well yeah then the last like 25 to 30 minutes of this movie is basically is you know they they, they call it the final girl chase and it's a great chase throughout this whole store every nook and cranny of the store is used but i love when um uh, when uh, when the Craig character he says, you know, there's a way out, and he tell, tells her about the window that she can crawl out of, and then Bill attacks again. She does the right thing and abandons both of those crazy fucks in the moment, and was just like, I'm done. I'm like, yeah. I'm I'm abandoning both you crazy bastards trying to get out. Uh, and, and there's the whole fight outside in the parking lot that is just a great fight because. Bill takes so many hits. You know, he takes a knife straight to the heart. You know, it, it, if it doesn't hit his heart, it's definitely hitting a lung. And yeah, it's there's to something the getting punctured. <laughs> yeah, something vital's getting punctured. And he ke- keeps on ticking. When he attacks her, you know, when he pulls her out from under the, the Jeep and she comes out that knife, I love He just like, yeah. where'd you get that knife? Like, it, was, <laughs> <laughs> it was the one you left on my friend back there. <laughs> you know, like yeah, he had yeah. forgotten about it. But when Craig comes to the rescue with the cleaver, you do kind of cheer for him a little bit, even though he's he's a righteous piece of shit. He's a bad guy. It's so far from redemption. But okay, I'll give you, you know, like, hey, thanks for doing the right thing one time in this fucking movie. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. I mean, I like I'm not cheering for him, but I'm like at least cheering for, you know, 
Jennifer to get out of this situation, but yeah. she doesn't get too far out of it because I mean it's so brutal when Craig fucking you know takes out you know uh, Bill Bill Roberts. It's so brutal. I mean, like when he just hacking at him with that hatchet, or not hatchet, but a cleaver. <laughs> Same thing, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just so brutal. And then that's when we you know, everything gets summed up here really, really quick. Not that it's a bad thing, but you know, when the cops show up and one of them is our our leading man, Bruce Campbell, is officer yeah. out. I've given him very, very little to do. You know, he did it on a weekend, and he was just like, "Yeah, yeah, I got nothing to go, you know, going on. I'll help you guys out." Well, yeah, he just, yeah, he just was like, "Oh, yeah, I'll go hang with my friends for like an afternoon." Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, Sunday afternoon, I'm in. But of course, you know, as in Danny's or AKA Bill's dying words, he says they killed everybody in the store, and I don't think he even had to say that. To frame them because these two cops automatically think Craig and and oh, Jennifer yeah. are, are guilty. They're police brutality all the way. Jesus, yeah. it's like very brutal watching that. Yeah, no, they walked in expecting that. Yeah, completely. yeah. But I, 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 one thing I read about that I thought was a great idea when the camera zooms in for Jennifer's mouth when she screams, and it ends on you know after it zooms into her mouth. I read that they originally wanted to do was to have the camera zoom in down her throat into the, the like the chest cavity and watch her heart stop beating, like yeah. from fright. I thought that would have been like that's a great idea, and it's just too bad that they didn't either didn't film it or didn't use it. But like the the shot they do get of Danny's eyes opening up at the end when his eyes just mm-hmm. blink open. It's Scream sequel, and that's part of the reason why we're here. These movies that didn't get a sequel and either should have or at least could have easily had one. I I guess, I mean, in the end, this movie really is more of a cult favorite as opposed to, you know, wasn't a box office draw. It wasn't big on home video, unfortunately. But if there's one one movie that in the the whole Spiegel slash Raimi catalog that should have got a sequel and could have had as many sequels as... (laughs) Is <laughs> the Evil Dead even? I think Intruder definitely uh, deserved one. Yeah, I mean it could have, but I don't think it needs it. Um, no, really. I mean, I think it's. I mean, part of the appeal was the chemistry with the kids, and now, well, you know, they're all dispatched. So, <laughs> you know, could you really just have him? going to what a different town and being a manager somewhere and doing the same thing you know i mean it really it could have had a sequel yes it could yeah, have. i mean but if I, they can make I a love sequel, this as a standalone if they can make a sequel like a straight-up sequel to the stepfather they i think they could have done one for intruder yeah true i mean but, they can they can figure it out like especially in the 80s you could figure out oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well make a sequel but no, I got. Well, I got to ask though before we get into our final thoughts and re- reviews. Uh, how many times do you think you've actually watched this movie? Uh, you know, this is the one of those movies that kind of it's always on my Tubi list. Yep. And so a lot of times when I'm cleaning, and what's funny is yesterday I did a podcast on another one of these movies. Uh, a lot of times when I'm cleaning or something. I just put on something just for background noise. And this is one that I, I pick quite often. The other movie is uh, Cutting Class is the movie I did a podcast on yesterday. And I said the exact same thing. That's one that just every once in a while, I'll just, you know, throw in the Blu-ray and mop my floors. Um, yeah. So sitting That's down. That's me with and popcorn. Like, That's me with the movie popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. We we like to just, uh, I don't know. We like to passively watch Jill Shulin, apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not, not worst ways to spend the afternoon while you're cleaning, <laughs> right? wrong with that. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, sit down, sit down and watch it. Mm, you know, I, I'm not sure, but it's a frequent player here at the Reinhardt house. <laughs> yeah, I've probably forgotten how many times I've seen it, but I'd, I'd say it's probably upwards of 20, 25 times at least minimum. But anyway, uh, we've talked about this movie from front to back, beginning to end. Uh, let's go ahead and give our final thoughts and reviews on this. Becca, you know how we do things around here. You've been a frequent guest many times. Uh, 
official rating on a scale from one to ten and your final thoughts uh so i will kiss this movie's ass just a little bit more um no i can't say enough good things about this movie um this is one that i don't think a lot of people knew about maybe five six years ago and um i've started seeing it you know like because i think it hit <clears throat> like it hits to be and all that stuff. You start seeing people like talk about it and then the synapse release and everything. And like, sometimes when that happens, I'm going to, I'm going to admit something. Sometimes when it happens, the horror snob in me is like, I've been talking about that movie forever. And, mm -hmm. but with this one, I'm actually like really glad. Cause I think it, I think, think it deserves a little bit more time in the sun that it has gotten. Um, so it's, you know, and it, it does have ties to, you know, horror royalty. Um, so it does seem kind of weird that it got forgotten. Um, it's not perfect, but I do love it. And I was very pleased with the extended um, kills, uh, despite the fact that they're in high definition, you know. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. just, you know, I mean, it's never the same, you know, it's like Kevin Bacon's neck prosthetic is a completely different color than his face. And, you know, I, you just have to live with it. Right. Um, but, I mean, you know, they didn't know what that things were going to be shown in 4k. Well, know, no, yeah, you're watching the, that's what I'm saying. Like people were watching the dailies and they were like, okay, does that look good? Yes. That looks good with the lighting that we chose and the film that we're making. I mean, like who knows what the fuck we're gonna have access to even in 10 years where it's like oh uh, you know right like i'm sorry uh you didn't shoot that in 24k oh my god you know <laughs> <laughs> like whatever you didn't um, shoot that in true 3d what the fuck right mellow vision <laughs> whatever um but no it's not it's not perfect but uh out of 10 i'm gonna give this a nine out of ten Nice, nice. I, I gotta agree with everything you said. Um, it, the, the MVP here is obviously uh, either, it's one of two things, either the direction and the editing from Scott Spiegel and Danny Hicks. It's like he sells the movie for me. He makes it so much fun. And, you know, even with, with Danny's uh, 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 portrayal aside, you know, everybody does their job really well. Ted Raimi is great as pro Produce Joe. You know, Sam Raimi's great as Randy. Everybody's really good. Uh, I actually like R Elizabeth Cox a lot as Jennifer Ross, who plays a really good final girl. And everything about it is just, like you said, it's not perfect, but it is, you know, a hell of a lot of fun. The music is really good and a lot of, like, the musical stings. is like It's like throw your popcorn in the air kind of jumpy type stuff. Mm -hmm. And I really like it. Uh, I'm coming in just slightly lower than you. I'm coming in an 8 out of 10, but I've got a lot of massive love for this movie. I I love it so much. And the head in a sandwich bit, you know, <laughs> the chef's, chef's kiss, man. Uh, I, it's, it's such a great bit that uh, it makes me jealous as a writer. I wish I had came up with it. But, you know, alas, I did not. So if Whatever, you ever hear me telling that story, it. yeah, if you ever hear me telling that story, know that I ripped it off from this movie. Yeah, yeah, we'll call you out on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I think this was a good uh, addition to our single-serving slasher because... You know, like you said, you know, it, it doesn't need a sequel, but damn it, I felt like it deserved one with that ending, you know. Yeah. The 80s know how to how, knew how to project the idea that they were going to be, you know, <laughs> we have an idea for a sequel. Maybe not yet, but if this makes money, we got an idea for it. <laughs> right, right. Just got to have that last little glimmer. By the end of the 80s, I think anybody was doing that. You know, I mean, whether or not they ever intended on it. It's like, well, we've got to leave it open for a sequel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As uh, the great Charlie Band always says, you know, there's always a promise for a, uh, a franchise. And every movie is just a pilot for a franchise. And I, I like that idea. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But that being said, uh, I want to thank you, Rebecca. You know, it's been a long time. I know we were both uh, had a busy, busy summer and everything, but I was glad. I'm glad to finally get you back on the show. It's been fun. It's yeah. Been a long time. Yep. Have me back sometime. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. Uh, I'm not going to say what the new show was about, but I'm actually thinking about uh, 
curating a kind of a new show, and I'll have to tell you about it later. Uh, get you, oh, okay. get you on that one as a special nice. guest. Well, anything, anything you want to plug? This is going to drop about the second week of October. So, you got anything between now and then that you want to plug this coming out or that you're working on? Uh, you know, not really. I mean, I am stuck in post-production for Tin Roof, which is uh, my second feature film that I directed. Uh, we filmed it in June. Um, and I'm just, uh, you know, just slaving away at editing that. And I actually haven't auditioned for a lot of stuff or committed to a lot of things uh, because of that. So uh, podcast-wise, though, I am still on the Slumber Party Massacre podcast where it's all girls. The ladies like to fight it out with a pillow fight uh, about something in horror. <laughs> um, we have girl talk and a lot of candid talk and stories and, and fun. So that's turned out to be a very fun show to do. So you could check us out anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Right on, right on. Well, I will continue to listen to the, fest- listen to the festivities and I will be looking forward to seeing Tin Roof when it's done. Yeah. Oh, I know. Maybe you've seen the sympathy cut, but oh yeah, sympathy cut. I've never heard of a film called the sympathy. Cut. <laughs> it's That's a down funny. and dirty cut. <laughs> that sounds better. That sounds a lot better. Yeah. Well, right on, right on. I'll be looking forward to that. And well, folks listening at home, you know how you can help us out: rate and review, and subscribe. You know, anywhere you get your podcasts, you can find Cinema Degeneration wherever fine podcasts are sold. So thank you, as always, for listening. And this has been our single-serving slasher of the day, The Intruder from 1989. Thanks for listening, folks. Bye. Here comes fucking Parker. Walking down nine miles, swinging a goddamn head by the hair in one hand, and his sandwich in the other. You're playing hard to get.